0: Hi there, we're here today again in Pink Sofa Conversation, this time with Dr. Sarah Campbell. How are you, Sarah?
1: Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's a very difficult
0: time with coronavirus. We're isolated at home and I connected with you through a female entrepreneur chat that I'm part of. You reached out after I was making a call trying to find out if there was someone that was an expert in psychology, and you raised your hand, and then I got to know your project and your company, which is absolutely amazing. Give us an introduction,
1: what do you do? What is your company about? Sure, so um, my company is Play Well for Life, and I'm the founder and game designer. And at Play Well for Life, we create innovative online and offline games to help people educate and train the skills they need to lead happier, healthier lives. And our first set of products are all focused around training emotional development skills, predominantly for younger people, but also for all ages.
0: Yeah. And you were were discussing before how important the creative aspect is in your company and your approach to mental health. What kind of creativity uh, things are you using? What is the media?
1: So um, my background was in the music industry, both as a performer and um, on the business side of things. So um, predominantly the company came out of the idea of how could we use music to help people learn how to better regulate and manage their emotions. Um, So I studied that in my PhD and that led to the first um, mobile game idea, but Mm -hmm. we've now expanded. So we use soundscapes, we use visual media, we use poetry images to deliver well-being and um, through the arts and so we kind of embrace all of the creative elements um, apart from film yet because um, okay. I think creative art is a really great medium to encourage people to engage with their feelings and what they think and their beliefs because it's less risky than just doing it through a conversation often for some people yeah. um, and it also, enables them to kind of abstract, which can make it safer, yeah. reduce barriers and things like that, and lower people's defense mechanisms. But also, it's really fun, and yeah. particularly with music. Music activates all areas of the brain, and that's why it's so good for people with dementia, which is one of my research areas. But it allows people to have more of an embodied experience or more of a Kind of holistic experience and yeah. if they're just operating from kind of verbal thought-based interactions
0: yeah i guess the ear and music is one of those senses that it can really tr- make you travel and take you to a memory to a different time mm. but we were also discussing the idea of community how you can bring people together and make music together and that that sense of community is very important when we're talking about stress burnout mental health problems
1: Exactly, so there's lots of evidence that when you make music with other people or you sing like through choirs and things, you have a flood of positive neurotransmitters and hormones which all improve your mood and help you feel better, but also if you're doing it in a group activity then it allows you to feel a sense of belonging and connectedness and allows you to feel like part of the group. Um, The other fantastic thing is because emotions are contagious, like if I smile then you smile, so when you're in a group and listening to um, music, If you have an emotional reaction then it will catch amongst a group so it ends up almost amplifying it into a really strong positive experience and this is why people have their strongest musical experiences in kind of live group listening events Um, and it's been really great to see some of the responses to um, the coronavirus have been online choirs yeah. and online music experiences so people can still engage with those and still get those really great benefits.
0: Yeah. I also think as a, as a visual artist that I myself, I think it's fascinating how many people are starting to be really creative and, you know, really doing training, trying to learn to draw, to paint and breaking a little bit those ideas and preconceptions of, oh, I'm not creative and allowing themselves to, to fail. Failure and acceptance of failure is also a big part of, being mentally
1: healthy, I guess. It is, and I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to embrace failure and learn from it. And failure can be one of the best ways to build resilience. Um, And actually, you know, shocking, unexpected events, being able to recover from those builds resilience. Um, And I think that's that's one of the potentials of what's happening at the moment, is it offers a potential for people to develop that resilience and to to you know, have their emotional response. And it's not about um, trying to build things back to how, it, how they were, that's not how we achieve resilience. It's about really seeing what's happened, feeling it, and learning how to create something new from that unexpected yeah. experience. And I think one of the advantages of technology is it's allowed many more people to engage in creative expression
0: yeah.
1: um, because you don't need the drawing skills necessarily anymore. Yeah. You don't need to be able to play and record something. It's sort of all there. And that's, that's a really fantastic way to not only express yourself, but also to kind of learn new skills. And there's a lot of evidence that learning new skills is hugely rewarding and also gives us a real sense of self, sense of purpose um, Is motivating and gives us a real sense of um, well-being. Actually,
0: yeah so resilience is a big word Uh, recently i think that one of the challenges is burnout and stress was already an an epidemic, according to the world health organization now we have the pandemic we know that we're all at home for a long time we don't know until when which is one of the big uh, problems is uncertainty that we you and i discussed before maybe you can go more into this now but we don't know what's the impact mental impact of us being at home isolated so much time. Can you give us some tips or some ideas or some, some uh, yeah, tricks you have so that we can manage this very difficult time?
1: Yeah, so just to kind of put it in context, so essentially, very quickly, the entire way of normal life has changed. So yeah. that's very shocking and potentially quite traumatic for people. Um, So some of the people I've spoken to are sort of bursting into tears and finding they feel very overwhelmed. That's really normal given what's happened. There's also, I'm seeing a sort of societal grieving process for a lot of what was. And so that's got the sort of five stages of denial. So refusing to comply, Um, bargaining. So I'll go here, but I won't go there. Anger, particularly directed at people who aren't complying, Mm -hmm. sadness, that overwhelming sense of of loss. And then hopefully people will arrive at acceptance and that's where the potential to to build that resilience comes from. But because we believe generally, we think we have a huge amount of control and certainty in our lives, even, even though we only really have control over ourselves, to be in such an uncertain time where everything has changed, but we also don't know when it's going to end and how long it's going to go on for. That's incredibly destabilizing, and that will elicit in people a huge amount of worry, um, a lot of stress, a lot of negative thinking patterns, and a lot of anxiety, potentially, or depression. And so it's really important to kind of acknowledge that this is really uncertain, and acknowledge if that's really difficult for you to kind of manage that uncertainty to be willing to talk about it with people, you know, and try to find the hope that's there. Yeah. There is potential in this situation for people to come together, to build new ways of working. And I think when people are confined at home, we've all had to find ways to communicate differently. Yeah. And good communication is really important, but particularly necessary if you're communicating remotely. So that's really a really exciting potential of what could come out. So I think in terms of tips, um, if you're working at home, it's really important to not overwork, to make sure that you you separate work from home, um, Mm. and that can be challenging for people. I think it's really important to understand that if you're working on your computer all the time and having meetings online, all of the pop-ups and the notifications and email, each time one of those comes in, it will distract you for 22 minutes before you can come yeah. back from fully engaged in what you were doing. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be really important to try and only do one thing at a time. Try and only have one screen open at a time and shut everything else down. Also with social media and a lot of the um, WhatsApp groups and things like that, there's a lot of panic going on and there's noise. An a lot of noise, yeah. There's so much noise and that will only add to that sense of anxiety and uncertainty and worry so it's going to be really important to be willing to turn notifications off, maybe leave groups, maybe have digital detox time so um, it can be really positive to have maybe an hour a day where all technology is turned off and that's an opportunity to really connect with yourself or connect properly with the people that you're confined into an environment with. but I think also it's really important to find ways to, you know, connect to what works for me. So do I need to be running up and down the stairs rather than going for my run normally? Making sure that you're still eating healthily. Yes. Making sure that you're not sort of covering up the anxiety by drinking a lot. Um, and finding ways to reconnect to people. Is it through, you know, playing games, playing board games? Yeah. Um, how can you take your normal life into the online environment if you live alone? You know, what's going to work for you? And also being willing to, to play and be creative with trying different things out and also, also being willing to say, actually, that didn't work for me, so I'm going to do something different and I'm yeah. going to try something else. So seeing it as an opportunity to be curious, to be creative and to explore different and new ways and new things that bring you joy and contentment
0: I love that and I think that a lot is on our plate. We have a responsibility to make sure that we are healthy but the fact that everyone in the world is affected by the same situation, it has created some sort of idea of community. So we need to find our gang online now, our community, maybe discover new hobbies, new things that we are passionate. As if you are a manager and you run a team, as a manager, what are the takeaways? Because you have a big responsibility to ensure everyone in
1: your team remotely is healthy. So I think this is where um, having stronger structures can be really important. So making sure you're doing sort of stand ups with your team, maybe um, every other day, fix time so everyone knows when they need to be there, have those check-ins, problem solve. It will also flag up any problems a lot more quickly. Yeah. But also at this moment it's about reassuring people that it's okay if their productivity's dropped a bit. That's yes, completely normal that. given that's the emotions true. that's going on. Yeah. And not and to encourage them not to compensate for that drop in productivity by overworking. Um, or trying to catch up and sort of just being a bit more gentle. I think it's also important for managers to make sure that they are praising their employees, encouraging them, supporting them, maybe, and validating what they're doing. Um, yeah. I've also, people I've spoken to, they're really struggling with when they were in an office environment, they got a sense of achievement during the working day. And bouncing ideas off colleagues and they're really struggling that that's not there anymore so it's about learning how to validate yourself but also know it's okay to you know ask to have a remote coffee with someone so rather than meeting in the in the you know kitchen making your coffee how can you do quick 10-15 minute chats in the day which where the, the sort of boundaries of that space is you don't talk about work yeah um and you know so building in at the end of each day maybe a review point so actually how have I done today? What have I achieved? Is there anything I'm not clear on? And bringing in some of that self-reflection. And if that's something you struggle with, then managers can look to bring that in for their team. Yeah. But I think it's also important to, to ensure that people don't slip into micromanaging at this time. Yes. And people don't feel like they've got to prove they're working by sending unnecessary emails or making yeah. unnecessary meetings. I've seen a real... Uh, Growth in the need for online meetings. Absolutely, yeah, that's so true. So, we're saying here basically
0: now in crisis, when things don't work, it kind of becomes more obvious if our workflow or dynamic is not working. And that is something that you can translate to family life too. So, they were saying massive peak in China after this crisis of divorces. And you were saying to me before, and I'm kind of quoting you, home is thought as a place of of being safe or safeness but that's not really the 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 reality what is your take on
1: on this idea yeah so there is this idea that home is a safe place for everyone and very sadly that's not the case for for many many people and it's really important to understand that there are also lots of people who they manage their home environment because a lot of the week maybe someone's out or they've got distractions looking after the children or whatever it is and actually to go from um maybe one or two days in the week where you experience someone talking to you in an abusive way or shouting at you to suddenly be experiencing that seven days a week 24 hours a day potentially in front of your children yeah that's incredibly distressing and incredibly worrying yeah um you know and that's sort of the extreme end but then you've got an awful lot of people who suddenly are confined in a very small space with a lot of people yeah. that potentially they don't have great communication with yeah and you know this is a time therefore to to see as is this an opportunity to see how we can resolve differences to yeah. see how we can communicate better to see how we can find ways to come together and, and cooperate um and be compassionate and try and understand each other because otherwise, the potential is there'll be huge amounts of conflict. And, and as you say, potentially a, a big increase in divorce rates, which is what you see after Christmas holidays. So yeah. I encourage people to, to embrace embrace how to rediscover their relationships at home with each other. But also understand that everyone needs space sometimes. And to also fi- find out how do we make space in this very confined confined home environment? Yeah. And how do we make that work for each other?
0: Yeah, and also this acts on the layer that we're all going through grief. It's a world grief for humans and we're struggling and there's going to be changes in our reactions. Even if you're doing the same mm-hmm. as you're doing every day, maybe one day I just I just lose it or I cry or or I have a laugh. So that also goes back to the dynamic we have with peers, how we speak to them. If we have a bad day or a good day, we need to be able to calm down and not like... Put everything, throw everything on top of other people, same for families, but then also people that live alone, like myself, it's, you know, home is a safe sp- place, but it depends on which habits you actually have in your everyday life, because it can also be quite dangerous to be alone.
1: Yeah, and living alone can, particularly at particular, this time, is incredibly challenging, um, and it's not something that people are necessarily talking about. When we... we Humans are social animals. We need social connection and social interaction, and whilst um, you know you can get that through the screen or on the phone actually you lose a lot in terms of nonverbal communication yeah. particularly on the phone or through messaging but also through the screen so there's a huge amount of information that's not being conveyed in the way that interactions are currently and that will lead to misunderstandings but also just the mere proximity of other humans um for example if someone gives you a hug you get a rush of oxytocin which is like yeah. a positive sort of hormone and um And so if you live alone, you're not going to be having that tactile and that um, physical experience with other people. And to be enduring that for a couple of weeks is very, very strange. Um, And and people may be feeling incredibly lonely. And when people feel lonely, they tend to get stuck in their head, get into negative thought patterns and essentially engage in potentially destructive behaviors like drinking, smoking, eating things that aren't bad for you and so it's about trying to identify actually do I need to connect and who who's going to give me the type of connection that I'm looking for and what's going to work for me but there are also lots of ways that if you live on your own you can have that kind of physical comfort or that physical connection and that can be through things like wrapping up in a soft blanket or you know having a hot water bottle or having a bath or you know putting on your favorite jumper whatever it is so it's also about finding ways to to meet your physical needs if there isn't someone there to do that for you um but just understanding and acknowledging that it's incredibly strange to not have any face-to-face human contact and that will have an impact um, and it's okay to be finding that difficult and challenging.
0: Yeah, I think it's a moment where we need to learn to be vulnerable. It's fine to be vulnerable, it's fine to reach out and say, let's have a virtual coffee or let me have a cry with you today because I had a horrible day, I just feel mm. miserable. Sarah, would, uh, what, do you have any future projects, anything coming up? Uh, apart from your company that it sounds like such an exciting project. You, I'm sure you're going to be really
1: busy the coming months. <laughs> yes, I seem to be one of the few people that's got busier during coronavirus. So um, it's really exciting. We've essentially pushed up the development of our um, puzzle book and card games for children to help recognise and manage their emotions. So they should be coming out next month, which is really exciting. We've also looked at creating um, an education-based product to help teachers homeschool mm-hmm. um children so we're working on having that ready for after Easter and then we've got our augmented reality board game and mobile games for young people to improve their mental health sort of coming out in June so um, we're looking for people to test those but um, really exciting in terms of new ways of working I'm working for Teddy London which is um, a new education provider and we were doing a global summer school to create products for dementia friendly environments um, and now we're doing it purely online, so that's um, that's my current focus of today: is how to how to make a really great physical experience into a really fantastic online experience.
0: That's great. And I think that's one of the big things that everyone needs to uh, engage and change the companies is how can I make the experience that I provide face-to-face same
1: in a virtual if your business is translatable to virtual. Sarah, thank you so much. i sorry. For time. I'll just add on to yeah. that. I think it's really important that people recognize that what you do in a physical environment can't just be translated to the online environment. It's about looking at how does it need to be different now that it's yeah. online
0: yeah yeah okay that's very good takeaway because sometimes we just think of direct translations and maybe we need to scratch certain parts of our services and our product and just focus on something absolutely different that Mm that tackles that same issue okay thank you so much for your time sarah very exciting we could be chatting here for hours and i'm going to add to the description on the video your link to your website to your social media so people can really follow and keep an eye on your products and uh, really exciting new new projects thank you sarah
1: Oh, thank you. It's been great chatting. Thanks.